Once again, you already know what it is, and we already know where you have reached the number one up-and-coming professional wrestling combat sports podcast anywhere in the world. This is Hubbard Wrestling Weekly. I can't believe I'm saying this, but this is episode 75. It's crazy right now, man, and I did not want to shortchange anybody on the 75th episode, so I brought out the big guns, man. This is a really special episode as we stand on the precipice, on the doorstep of what could be a very big weekend in the history of professional wrestling, even though they're probably going to blow it, but I'm not going to get into that right now. But I'm hoping that they do the right thing, but I'm having a feeling they may not, but I digress. This is episode 75 of HWW, and I want to introduce my esteemed panel for tonight. First, to my immediate right, maybe my right, your left, whatever it may be, representing Kansas City, Missouri, the world champions, are in the building. She looks like she's one of the ones. I like that. She got to get one of my shirts, though. Anyway, big shout out to Renzi Ray. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Let them know where to find you right quick. Just your Twitter or whatever you got going on. Renzi Ray on um, all social media platforms. Just just look me up. Aspiring um, content creator, up and coming, doing big things, trying to do big things, especially in the wrestling industry. That's what's up. That's what's up. Then we're going to move down to i guess the basement area you know my brother from another mother he is my co-host on clash of the podcast every monday night 605 eastern on the everything pro wrestling channel not just my partner in a podcast but my brother now my good friend and uh co-host on clash of the podcast say hello to conrad cushman welcome my brother what up sean thank you for having me uh i feel honored to be with this esteemed panel Hopefully I can keep up tonight, but thank you for having me. Appreciate you, man. And to my bottom right-hand corner or bottom left, depending on your perspective, uh, somebody who's been a friend of mine for, I'd say, a decade. I can't believe it. We're getting old. Good God. But a friend of mine, uh, big shout-out to her husband as well. Very nice man. Uh, back in our partying days, she was always the class of the party. Class. C-L-A-S-S. Class of the party. Big shout-out to Crystal S. Crystal S. Welcome back to the show, my sister. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. My pleasure. My pleasure. Already got some people in the chat. We're going to get started on the, sh on the show topic in a minute. We want to give a big shout out to uh, to Derek. Let me click on Derek's comment. Big shout out to Derek, even though my computer's acting crazy right now. Derek's in the building. There we go. Yo, 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 whatever, everyone. My guy, Derek, he's also uh, doing a lot of work with Conrad on his show, Everything Pro Wrestling. Big shout out. Also to Jocelyn in the building. JJ, I see you saying hello to everyone. Derek, once again, my guy Derek. Uh, Doug is in the building. Appreciate you, my G. Um, who else is in the building? Uh, XGW is in the building. Quills is in the building. Sean Conrad, Crystal, Renzi, Ray, what up? Everybody, your boy Sir Quills is here to enjoy episode 75 of the Hubble Wrestling Podcast. Let's get into the storyline. Honored, my God. Honored. Appreciate you. And the GOAT is in the building as well. Appreciate you, my G. So let's get right into this, man. The subject of tonight's show is the greatest storylines in the history of the business versus, versus the bloodline. Now, we are in the midst of, I definitely say the greatest storyline in modern WWE history. I don't think there's any debate about that, okay? But when you compare it to some of the greatest storylines in the history of the business. We talked about this during pre-production. Stories like the Mega Powers formation and then explosion, 
McMahon, Austin, HBK, Brett, the Hitman, Hart, etc. The list goes on and on. Dusty Rhodes, let's get, not forget about the NWA, Dusty Rhodes and, and Ric Flair, okay? Let's start with Crystal. Tell me why we're even, ha even having this debate. Before you give, we're going to get into opinions soon, but tell me why we're even having this debate. Why is the bloodline, why has the bloodline ascended to this level of uh, excellence as it relates to storylines in the company right now that I have been very critical of about having terrible storylines, but somehow they hit the jackpot on this one. You're still critical of this company. Oh, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, yes, I am. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> because like with the other storylines, there's truth behind it, right? So these people are living their storyline like they've lived it forever they talked about they've talked about it time and time again about how growing up so close together the same age i think they're two months apart this is what breeds the storyline same thing with the mega powers there was truth behind that storyline about how macho felt about hulk these are all true things and this is why we're talking about it because these people are it's yes it's acting in a way but it's about 50 percent the truth Mm -hmm. This is what's made us so passionate. This is why people do SmackDown the way they do, right? Like, if you look at the ratings, this is what they're staying for. This is what I'm staying for. To your point, then I'm going to go to Renzi next. Um, SmackDown, I'd say a couple weeks ago, I'm going to have Conrad back me up on this when, he, when I shoot the microphone to him. I think it was two weeks ago, the bloodline, or three weeks ago, the bloodline was on TV for like 40 minutes yes. mm -hmm. on a two-hour show. I mean, that was like uh, that segment lasted two commercial breaks mm -hmm. 40 i mean somebody in wwe at least has figured out that this is the only thing they got going and we need to keep these guys on television as long as we possibly can renzi you uh as i, I brought you onto the show we talked a little bit beforehand you have very much vehemently said that the bloodline there's no debate for you for conrad myself crystal there's a little bit of a debate for you there is no debate why do you believe the bloodline is the greatest storyline ever? And to me, as Crystal pointed out, um, this is truth. This is real. And then on top of that, as I stated, for our pre-production, this isn't just a storyline that's a couple months, a couple weeks. No, if you want to really date back, good four decades. <laughs> so these are, and these people are actually family. These people are actually real. I mean, the Wild Samoans, their son is the tribal chief. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, that's his son. So it's really hard to say that this isn't the best because, for one, they're giving us great cinema. Even this, if you want to say this bloodline is, you know, the last couple, two to three years, mm -hmm. I mean, are they not giving you great TV? Does it not feel like a movie? You know, I mean, and like you said, you're really critical of the business right now, especially with WWE. What else is going on? Well, I'm gonna, okay, I'm going to respond to that question. I'm going to keep keep the, the spotlight on you, but I'm going to interject my answer. WWE is trash to me. Conrad will tell you, we talk about this every week. WWE is hot garbage to me. With the exception, with the exception of two things. Seth Rollins and the Bloodline. And maybe LA Knight is starting to emerge as somebody that is, is somebody that I'm starting to get behind as well. But yeah. As but as far as consistency is concerned, the bloodline is the only thing they got going. Now, I will admit, Ramsey, that there is no question that because of the bloodline, WWE has stayed prominent. But my goodness, if it wasn't for the bloodline, good lord! But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that it's still the greatest storyline of all. So, I'll interject really quick, and yeah. that also plays a part into my reasoning why. 
They are saving the business. When I look at things, I kind of look at it in hindsight of like, okay, isn't just like, oh, this is just a good storyline. It's pretty cool. No. What is it also doing for the business? This storyline, this cinema, this movie that we're seeing with this family, it's literally saving this business. So for other storylines, yes, I have to look at the Austin and McMahon, the Kane and Undertaker. What are they doing? What is it doing for the wrestling business? Are we talking about this for years and years? Is it catapulting other stars? Is it turning people to they can be a face or you know, are they putting people over? There's things of that nature. So that's why I think of it as one, if not the best storyline of all time to me, because who was checking for KO and Sammy? Was anyone really checking for them? Usos. Don't get me wrong. Yes, they were already champs before then. Absolutely. Yes, they were. But like me and you stated, Jay Uso right now, hot. Fire, hot. He's putting, Roman has put his, to be for real, he's put his family on. So, I mean, there's multiple people that are getting over on this. We're getting possible future Hall of Famers out of this storyline. So, and it's also saving the business. Other ones, not so much. This one, you're getting a full package. So that's for me. That's why. Absolutely, absolutely. But I see Crystal has something. Give it, give it to yeah. me. Yeah. So not to um, interject to what you said, but I agree. And also, what it's giving people is we're in the age of reality TV, right? We all know all reality TV is a little bit scripted, right? Like they're telling you what to say, the interviews, whatever, whatever. One thing that the bloodline has that a majority of people are are doing that they're not doing is they're not the brawling dudes. They don't have costumes. There, There's a realness to them that you're not getting with other people, right? You're not getting these people who, like, it's, it's not the 80s where the characters are so bolstered up anymore. They come in and they look like they could talk to you about regular stuff. You know that you guys listen to the same music. They're speaking the way we speak. So there's a different kind of communication, right? There's a different kind of communication and understanding that I feel like a majority of people have with them. And that's why it's so, so easy to also fall into this, this storyline. And that's why we're so addicted to it. And that's what makes it even better for us because we understand what it is to have a cousin you're always competing with, to understand that your uncles might, you know, your uncles are here and you're trying to be better than your cousin because your uncles are competing with each other from from the high chief Peter Mavia, they always talk about he started it. This is the one. Mm-hmm. This is who we trying to salute to. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's a it's 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 a realness about this that I think everyone else doesn't have. No one else to me has that in WWE right now. Not even you know not Bianca, not anybody. Fair enough. I want to just giving a shout out to XGW. Sir Quill's in the building, and my brother McKinney's in the building as well. Appreciate you guys. Definitely appreciate you guys showing up on a Thursday night. Conrad, I need you, man. These ladies are ganging up on me. Listen, I'm going to tell you something right here and now. Conrad and I are old school for real, representing 30s gang. And we remember the old school vividly, vividly, vividly. So so before we get into I'm going to I'm going to immediately lead into the first storyline comparison, which is going to be the mega powers. So just take it from there. But first, same question applies to you. Why is the bloodline, in your opinion, at least in this conversation? I think the main thing that the bloodline has done is it's gotten people to do something that they said they wouldn't do before, which is cheer 
Roman Reigns. Get behind Roman Reigns. So long, Vince was trying to tell you he's the guy, he's the guy, he's the guy, but nobody wanted to believe it. No matter what he tried, no matter what he did. And it wasn't until he came back at that show, what was it, Payback? When he finally uh, came back. Yeah, he first showed his face. Yeah, when they showed him come back, and then he was aligned with Paul Heyman sitting on the couch. I was like, "Are they really doing this?" I was like, "Nah, they always they always play us, and they they're not gonna really do this." And then he came out with them, and I was like, "Oh, this is real. They really got something here because they finally gave the people what they wanted. That's the key with this: is giving the people what they want. Sometimes, and that's where we'll probably fall into some of your disagreements because." It's not what everybody wants. It's what some of the people want. So there's another side that will disagree with this. And that's why I think pro wrestling is today in the modern age. People, did you see, sorry to cut you. Did you hear oh, what you just said right. when you said what you, how you felt and what you said when you saw him come out with Heyman at Payback? You said, ah, this is real. That's something that people haven't gotten from watching wrestling in so long. Like how you, the, the feeling of what it feels like as this man is a heel is the best thing ever. Facts. And then yeah. on top of that, to interject too, even when, since we know Paul Heyman is, to me, one of the, if not the GOAT when it comes to management. Um, but on top of that, the relationship that he has, again, with the Anawaii family already, and then to come out with Roman is like, it's just epic. So the feeling of it is, it's real. Like, this is a real thing going on. It's real cinema, like I stated. So it's amazing. I I'm gonna jump on Sean's side though for a second. I'm gonna I can play contrarian to any of this, so just know. But let's be fair. Talk about how many times they've dropped the ball too, though, on good storylines. Oh, I'm wearing a shirt where they where they blew it big time. It was there in front of them, and even the guy who said it was like, I told them don't do this, and they were like, No, no, no. We we need to make our money. We need to do this this way, and they didn't listen. So there's there's reason to be like. I don't know. I don't know if I trust you all the way with this. Real quick, here's the deal, and we're going to get into the mega powers comparison first because this is getting good already. Um, I, I, I see, I see Renzi's mind going like this. <laughs> mind going like this. My boy Conrad's in the mix. Let me tell you something. Ninety-nine percent of why I feel the way I feel, Guy Gamble. I see you, my G. Lagode. I see you, my G. They're gonna blow this just like they've blown everything else. People who know me, people who know me, know I don't really cuss like that. I don't cuss on the show. I really don't cuss in general. This makes me want to curse them out because you know what's going to happen at SummerSlam, okay? You know what's going to happen at SummerSlam. I don't want it to happen. I can tell by Renzi's shirt she doesn't want it to happen. I think Crystal doesn't want it to happen. I even think Conrad doesn't want it to happen even though he's telling me not to get my hopes up. They're going to blow this like they blow everything else. And the reason why... Ladies, gentlemen, that I consider the bloodline not to be the greatest storyline ever. It's a little bit of foreshadowing, right? The Mega Power storyline, it had a plot and it had an epic conclusion. Hogan and Andre, plot, epic conclusion. HBK, uh, Bret Hart, plot, epic conclusion. Controversial, yes. No, but they didn't mean to. That was no purpose. I, I, yes, facts, super facts, right? What's going to happen? At SummerSlam, we're going to be left wanting more. And yes, you may say, well, that's exactly what the point is. But at the end of the day, when you keep wanting and wanting and wanting and never get the payoff, then what are we doing? We're still watching. So we're watching. 
next? Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, if summer, if, if miraculously Jay Uso becomes a new undisputed champion, I will change my tune because this three years better mean something. And you, you said earlier that you guys are in your thirties. I'm in my forties, so I really remember. Yeah, but you don't look it, so it doesn't count. Oh, okay. and I remember too. I mean, I'm on the cusp. I'm, I'm 31. I ain't like I'm just don't know nothing. But I'm seeing, like I know, like I remember watching the Mega Powers, like the Mega Powers, that the, the situation, you can start off, Sean, but that whole situation with them, them backstage on the gurney, that was, that was really TV to me. Let's get into real. it right now. Let's get into it right now. It was real. Sex, violence, controversy, drama, the Mega Powers, 1987, October to be exact through 1989 and pretty much many, many years in real life moving forward. But let's just focus on the storyline for now and then we'll get into the real life stuff because Crystal brings up a strong point as Renzi did as well. The stage was set for Macho Man to turn babyface. The fans were cheering Macho Man out of the building at WrestleMania three when he lost the Intercontinental Championship to Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. The writing was on the wall. Everybody was in love with Elizabeth. So you know what, powers that be when they actually got things right, decided, you know what, let's turn Macho Man face. And what's the best way to turn Macho Man face? He's already kind of turning already, just kind of like the LA Knight thing from modern day. The fans are cheering him, anti-hero, stone cold, anti-hero. Let's, let's get him really over the hump. And what's the best way to do that in 1987? Let's have him do this crazy weirdo handshake with Hulk Hogan and call themselves the Mega Powers, right? And it was awesome. Tell me, Crystal, you first, your feeling about the formation of the Mega Powers. Um, there's a couple of things I wanna say about that because the formation of the Mega Powers, there was a, a lot of heavy hitters in the ring at that time. Remember the Heart Foundation was in there, that was Brett, that was Honky Tonk Mom. There were a lot of people in there that, that was Brett in 87. Like, I think that people don't realize that he played a major role in the beginning of it, right? Um, I felt like, because I know how Macho Man is when it came to Elizabeth, I never thought it would work. And even studying it during this week, um, I had the same conclusion. Like I, I looked at it and I was like, I don't know how long this would work for because he was never particularly nice to Elizabeth and he was very much controlling of her. So I'm like, how long is this going to work with somebody that's such a mega star like Hogan? Do you know what I mean? So I never thought it was going to last long. And I just, I never liked Macho Man as a face. Really? No. Mm -mm. Macho Man as a heel is the best thing ever. I never liked Macho as a face. Well, you can, you can think Macho Man as a heel was, was best, but you, did, but you didn't like Macho Man as a face? No. Wow. Okay. Listen, when he, cream of the crop, like there... There's certain there's certain things that that Macho for me did as a heel that just made it so much better. My favorite Macho Man moment has to be the time he spent with Sensational Sherry. Mm. Macho King. Yeah, absolutely, mm. absolutely. Renzi, when the Mega Powers got together, I know you're a student of the game. Um, 1987, Macho is a borderline babyface already because the fans already love him. They're already like head over heels for Elizabeth. The powers that be decide to pull the trigger and just put them full fledged baby face. 
shake hands with Hogan, align him with the biggest star in the business. What are your thoughts on the formation of what many people think is the most, the greatest tag team that wasn't really a tag team of all time? Um, I think I have mixed feelings about it because, again, Macho Man, like Randy Savage, I think he, I liked him over Hogan, in my opinion. However, when he, like, especially like in the ring, if I should say, like how he was, I think he was a better wrestler than Hogan, in my opinion. So like for me, I was more of a Randy Savage fan in regards to him in the ring. But it was just so cringeworthy for me. Okay. The whole Elizabeth aspect of it. Just, really? uh, yeah, I mean, he's literally talking crazy to her. The, the, again, like you say, the violence that came with, with her, she just seemed like, to me, she gave like battered woman syndrome, you know? And it just was, I mean, it just seemed like this is, again, their real life. This is evidently their real life. So just how he just treated her. So that was just difficult for me. Granted, again, I am a wrestling fan. So I can respect the fact that the mega powers was great. You know, the whole handshake, you know, let me tell you something, brother, you know, the whole voice and this and that. Like, again, it it was great because Hogan was Hogan, you know, and Randy Savage was up and coming. He was a baby face and it was it was great. So, again, I can respect it. Just didn't care for it too much. Conrad, I'm going to switch gears on you. We're not going to talk about the formation now that I'm coming to you. We're going to talk about the beginning of the end. And, we're, and we want to keep the bloodline in mind because this is still about the bloodline, right? So bloodline is full of drama. Bloodline is full of controversy. Bloodline is full of backstabbing, manipulation, right? All the stuff that you love as viewers. Storyline-wise, I know it's hard to keep storyline in real life separate, especially when we're talking about the mega powers. But storyline-wise, Hogan trying to snake. Macho Man's girl. Allegedly, he was just trying to help. SummerSlam 88 was the first time we saw a little bit of a twinge in the, the hitch in the giddy up, as my dad would say. Shout out to my pops with this team. Talk about the beginning of the end for the Mega Powers and how, and how that compares, and I'm going to come back to the ladies as well, and how that compares to the first chink in the armor of the Bloodline. Interesting. Um, the so the main so everything has to have the X factor in the storyline. What's the thing that's gonna make you go over the edge? In this situation, it's Miss Elizabeth. She, Jesse Ventura was the guest referee. Easily could be bought off. Mega Bucks versus Mega Powers. They go up there. Elizabeth takes off the little skirt, and I don't know why Macho Man was talking about teeny weeny polka dot bikini when she didn't have that on. Oh, but that was you. Remember that in like foreshadowing? I think they just changed plans, but she was up there. She takes it off. Everyone loses their mind. They're like, oh, there's a woman, and it looks like she's in her underwear. They So they lose their minds. That Mega Powers win. But it was the slightest thing that they wanted you to notice. And I'm going to give credit to Bruce Pritchard. A lot of people don't like this dude, but I was told he, he wrote the storyline. credit. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan, but credit where credit is due. Hogan picks up Elizabeth. He's celebrating with her. And listen, you know, fellas, if Macho Man was controlling before, he's controlling now. So he was like, what are you doing? You you eyeing up my girl? You know? He was like, you eyeing up my title? He became paranoid. And that was the, the ultimate fault of Macho Man. He was always paranoid. So... He's got he's got her up there. He watched when Macho had her and she's falling and Hogan puts his hand ever so slightly in the wrong spot, maybe. Like, oh, I was just trying to help, you know? 
I'm just helping, brother. You know, I'm not trying to do anything. And that's when the paranoia begins. It all sets in because what's the most important thing in pro wrestling? The championship belt. Right. Same thing in the bloodline. What is the most important thing? The championship belt. Roman Reigns is nothing without it. He loses all of his power. He is Thanos, technically. All those belts, everything he has, once he loses it, he's powerless. So the main thing here is Jay wants the championship. He wants to be the type to go after him and say, I'm the head of the table. I want the family to be proud of me. Why wouldn't somebody want that? And to me, this this match that they're doing at SummerSlam is essentially the Black Panther storyline for those who have seen the movie where I'm going to challenge you for your spot on the throne. And this is what we're going to do. There's no rules. It's in front of all the elders. You get out there and you're doing your thing. And I don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but definitely check out Black Panther. And that's what I think this is going towards. We're going to go back to Renzi in one second. I just want to give a shout out to some of the people in uh, actually Crystal too. Go back and give a little shout out to uh, some of the people in the chat. Uh, Sir Quill says the bloodline storyline is the only thing credible in WWE. I agree right now, except for maybe Seth Rollins. I agree. The Emer- That's why I like Sir Quill's man. He agrees with it. He agrees. He thinks like I do. Uh, big shout out to him. Judgment Day is popping as well. Like, okay, I forgot about them in LA night. Uh, McKinney says, yo, I'm here to talk wrestling and let you know if his mama call him play, I'm going to call him play. I like that. I like that. I like that. McKinney also saying the bloodline, he always brings a little bit of truth to the situation. The bloodline story is paying the bill, so everyone else is on the back burner, but Judgment Day is hot right now. That's a fact. Cam says, yo, what's good, everybody? Uh, the goat's having a good time laughing. Oh, Gamble says, crazy how many times they had hot starts and didn't follow up. I don't think the bloodline uh, story started off so hot, but it picked up toward the middle of the year. I agree. Crystal Renzi, whoever wants to take it, no problem. Listen, Conrad touched on it. I want you guys to touch on it, too. The main focus for the mega powers issues was a woman, right? Mm-hmm. The main issue for the bloodline is the title of tribal chief. Mm-hmm. How does one correlate with the other? Was Elizabeth Elizabeth being the prize the real reason that the because bear with me here was Elizabeth the real reason for the problem? We all think in hindsight, yes, it had to be the problem, right? Or was being the World Wrestling Federation champion the problem? Um, Renzi, do you mind if I go before you? Yeah, you go right in. Uh, this is the thing. So Conrad just said Macho was paranoid. Was he really? Because remember, before then it was Georgia Animal Steel. It was Honky Tuck going over him. He just knew what was coming. One, two. Did he not think that Hogan was going to challenge him for the title that Hogan wanted to come back for? It had to always be in the back of his mind. So I don't think he was paranoid. I think that he thought a couple of steps ahead, right? And I don't only think it's about, with the bloodline, it's only about being tribal chief. It's about the fact, and Jay and Jimmy have said it, it's the fact that Roman doesn't respect anyone. It's, 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 it has a lot to do with, he has no respect. When you're mushing people in the face and you're doing all these things and these people are genuinely there for you, the disrespect he's shown to all of them, including Paul Heyman, because even though he's been with the family for 40 years, he literally, Superman punched him in the middle of the ring, remember when he said he was fired. So his level of disrespect is heightened every couple of months. He does something more and more and more. So to me, it's not only about tribal chief, the title of that, it's about getting their respect back. 
because they've lost it right like to me what bothered me the most is like yeah they may be the undisputed tag team champions and they they're doing a lot but they get punked in the ring so how much am i supposed to respect them it's right. a respect factor right because if he says if he says jump they're doing it so to me they they lost it went from here to here to here right so i don't think that it's only about like the two i don't really think the two of 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 the bloodline and mega powers really correlate it has a lot to do about respect hogan and randy weren't so much about respect i think that this one has to do about respect because it would still be a good match even if the title was not there fair enough because at the end of the day the title could have been on the line and elizabeth could have been on the line Renzi, what do you think honestly crystal fantastic take um i definitely agree because I feel like it was about the title anyway. Hogan being Hogan, I feel like no one, every documentary I've seen, interview I've seen, no one really cares for Hogan. Like, Savage and Hogan actually really did not get along. Like, honestly, the back end, the backstage, the real life of it, they actually really did not get along. So, yeah, it was more so about the gold. I mean, Hogan was very selfish um, from what it seemed and from what I've heard. Uh, like I said, per documentaries and everything like that. So, I mean, it was more so about the gold. I think he just wanted to get under, you know, Randy's skin of, you know, let's host up, again, like you said, let's host up Elizabeth and kind of touch her ever so gently right here and let's do these things. And we know that these things kind of irritate him um, because this is his real life woman, this is his wife. So, yeah, they both do not, like she said, they don't really correlate because it's two totally different issues. So... Oh, no. it. It's more about respect and family. This one's about the gold and possibly who wants this woman. <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. Well, listen, that was over a woman, but I want to, like, Conrad, I got you. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think that this is designed this way on purpose, though, for both storylines. It's a WWE way of doing things. The championship is there for us, the... I, I, I'm not, I don't want to use this. Hardcore fans, the fans who watch every single week. The right. title is the most important thing to us. We're like, oh, look at the belt. It's great. It's beautiful. This is what it's all about in this business. Right. To other people, though, let's say you want to get someone who's into it who doesn't watch wrestling every week. Oh, this is about the girl. Oh, how that happened to a buddy of mine at work. You know what I mean? Someone got mushed at work in the face like that. And it was very disrespectful. I would, I would be ready to fight too. Or someone's going through those feelings and they feel that way. So people can connect to that as well. So I think it's just multi-layered on purpose for it. That That's what I was trying to say with it. Like it's more than one thing on purpose so people can connect and relate back to it. What Whatever it may be, they have these little things sprinkled in on purpose. Even when Roman did the, Oh, you gotta feel pity for me. Who's never seen someone who does the pity dance and then all of a sudden they do something silly and you're like, Why did I even feel sorry for them for like even 15 minutes? You've seen the Facebook post after, and then you're like, Really? Yeah, I felt sorry for you for a second. Get out of here. You know, and then they do the low blow to you, like, oh. So that's all I wanted to say, Sean. No, no, I, I love it. I love it. I think all three of you guys hit the nail on the head. Before we transition into the next mega storyline and compare it to the bloodline, I think at the end of the day, it was about the woman and it was about the title one of the same but the problem is that us being adults now and growing up in that era when we were kids um you know 88 SummerSlam we were all two three five seven years old right SummerSlam uh WrestleMania 89 say uh you know WrestleMania 5 same deal right I think all of us have a different perspective as grown folk 
as we uh, than what we had on as as kids. Like right now, I look at I watch WrestleMania five now, and I still wish Macho Man won. You know what I'm saying? So it's like one of those things where it's like, man, like had things turned out differently, how much better would it have been? Or how much better would it have worked out? And that's the reason why it all correlates back to the bloodline. We're going to get into this right now with Austin and McMahon because it's all about the payoff. We got the payoff that we thought we wanted as kids with Hogan winning the title from Macho. And, oh, yeah, my, Hogan was just being a good person and Macho Man was jealous. And, and at the end of the day, Hogan got his title and everything's all right with the world. That's bullcrap. At the end of the day, Macho should have won. Macho Elizabeth should have never left Macho Man and, and Hogan should have went back where he came from doing stupid movies called uh, whatever that movie was he did. Uh, help me out, Conrad. The Nanny. Oh, um, the Nanny? Um, no, no holds Just barred. That crappy movie he did in 1988 or 89 or whatever. Stay away, Hogan. <laughs> stay away. And stay away from my girl, too. How about that? <laughs> End of the day, though. Let's go back. We're gonna start off with Renfi for the next topic because listen, now we're getting into the nitty gritty. Mega Powers only lasted on camera, Crystal. I know you jump out to jump on me. On camera, it only lasted for about a year and a half, two years, but it lasted for much longer than that behind the scenes, right? Like it's man. Oh boy. Now you want to talk about the greatest storyline of all time. And you want to say the bloodline is the greatest story of all time, whether it's Renzi or anybody else who may agree. It's hard to top this. We're talking about 1997. Very recently, Austin adopted the name of Stone Cold from having Stone Cold tea with his then wife. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. He becomes the king of the ring in 96 because Triple H dropped the ball. Yeah. Triple H was taking the heat for, you know, Razor and Diesel mm-hmm. ridiculousness. And I'm plugging the ring. Uh, uh, little, little, little known fact here. I was, I was at Madison Square Garden when that happened. You were? Yes. Okay. You wow. were? So what was it like in the ring? I went for my 13th birthday. So how was no, it? You were not in the garden that day. I was. I was in the garden that day. That is awesome. Why didn't you talk And about- I was... I was in total as a 13-year-old who, who watched Monday Night Raw every Monday, didn't miss wow. it, didn't miss a pay-per-view. I was so stunned and shocked. Like you, as my as my, as my my friend's aunt used to say, you could hear a rat piss on cotton because people couldn't believe it. Wow. Because wow. that's a big no-no. That's a big no-no. On top of that, like kayfabe all the way. And when I, I was like, and mind you, it was at the bitter end. So people were leaving. Yeah. Like, Hell yeah. That's- Wow, that's dope. That's dope that you were in the building for that. Wow, I want to talk more about that instead of staying on topic of the show. But we're going to stay on top. We're going to come back to that, though. That is crazy. But because of that uh, epic situation that happened in Madison Square Garden in May of 1996, that the homegirl Crystal was in the building for, good God almighty. Stone Cold gets Triple H's slot that year in the in the King of the Ring. The rest is history. Austin 316. Some of that stuff never even happens. Who knows what would have happened if Steve... William, Steve, Austin, if that moment never happened when Triple H got himself in trouble because of HBK and Diesel and, and Razor, bottom line is it did happen. And you fast forward about a year, we're in uh, Madison Square Garden in 1997, I believe it was September 1997, Austin and McMahon are you know, having an interview where I believe Austin, Conrad helped me out, Renzi helped me out, where Austin is recovering from a, a hurt neck 
right? Yeah, from uh, from Owen Hart. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Austin wants to wrestle, McMahon's trying to calm him down, and Stone Cold gives him the stunner. Now, that was in September of 1997. This is August 2023. This rivalry still exists to this day. Right, at least we could say it exists all the way up until WrestleMania 38. So if you don't want to say it exists all the way up till now, the last time we saw them in the ring, it was a stunner and it was a problem all the way up until 2021. Right? They were awesome. never good stunners either. Never. never. He never. cannot never. sell it. Vince, I'm like, can you try to sell it better? He's in his 70s. No. No, I'm saying even. But he started. He started in his fifties, right? Like he started wrestling in his fifties. Like, but you let's give, be out let, here. You want to wrestle and get on? Yeah, buses, listen. Like, let's huh? give. Let, let's give Vince his props where he's at. But like, he started very late in the game. We give Vince no props on the show. You, <laughs> Vince. Let Let's be. Let Let's start. Let's start with this too. Mm-hmm. Vince having the whole owner character of owning the. Again, this started another person that's connected to this again is Bret Hart, just like Mega Powers. Like we're connecting this again, right? Secondly, he Vince needed, like, I think that he got so hungry for attention after the whole Bret Hart situation that he had to put himself in the beginning of the storyline. He just is thankfully he had Stone Cold to basically assist him with it and know how to handle him for that long. But he became greedy for the attention that the stars had. Because remember, before then, we just thought he was a commentator who yelled too much. You know what I've learned about you, Crystal, and what my viewing audience is going to learn about you? You're a very nice person. And that's cool. It's nice to be nice. I get it. You find, okay. you find redeeming qualities in everyone. I get it. I respect that, okay? That's why we're friends. But good God almighty, Okay. Vince should not be doing what he's doing. That's the issue. Oh, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. But also, we're talking about a feud with Vince that he started in his 50s. So technically, they're, he's doing something right. You know what? Let's get into this now. See, now I'm fired up about this. We're going to get into this. And I'm going to be respectful and pass it. I'm going to make sure we go around the circle. Renzi, I'm going to say my thoughts, and then it's going to be on you next. Okay. With this rivalry, Vince has managed to win the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Vince has managed to win the freaking Royal Rumble. Vince has had Vince has more accolades than wrestlers who wrestle every single day. Okay, it's ridiculous. I see what Crystal's saying. It was a sacrifice. It was a money bag. It worked. It's been working for thirty years. Crystal, we're going to come back to you. I see the wheels turning. We're going to go to Renzi. Tell me what you think of Austin McMahon. There's a lot of great parts about it. I grew up in the Attitude Era, but at the same time. A little smidge of ridiculousness also. Your thoughts? Um, yeah, I agree with you in the part of ridiculousness, um, how the owner who was not a wrestler um, is winning championships and Royal Rumbles and whatnot. It's absolutely ridiculous. However, Vince McMahon is on my Mount Rushmore of the Attitude Era. And the reason why Vince McMahon is on my Mount Rushmore of the Attitude Era because of this rivalry alone. Like the whole employer versus employee, and you know the em- the employee gets to basically beat up his boss. Now all these people that are what, like Tom Wright stated earlier, as you're watching this, someone who possibly is not watching every week, you know, and you can see like, hey, what did he 
Ain't that the owner? Oh my God. He just punched him in the face. He just stunned him. He just flipped him off. He's spraying him with a beer truck. He's doing whatever. You know, this is like absolutely amazing. And then how Vince could, like as Crystal stated, possibly take this heat from the Montreal school job and be like, you know what? Let me just take this momentum. Everybody hates me already anyway. I'm getting punched in the face by Bret Hart. <laughs> so let me just get punched in the face by Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> while I'm at it. So um, it it was good. Then also, too, Attitude Era, along with Stone Cold Steve Austin, saved WWE at the time. Fast. I mean, it, it just did. So that's why I give it praise. I also, I definitely do give it praise, and it's, you know, somewhere with me for the bloodline. I That's why I look at storylines the way I look at them. What have you done for the business? Not just like, oh, this person is wrestling this person, and there's a little storyline for a couple of months. No, I think it's at a different level when you can truly save your business and catapult others and put others over. Don't go Steve Austin put over Vince McMahon. I mean, who put over the owner? That is insane. That's crazy. It's 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 epic. So, um, I mean, at that time, I hated Vince. I thought Vince was horrible. Like, as a kid watching it, I wanted to stun him myself every freaking Monday. So, I don't know. I think it's great. It was great. Crystal is beaming. Let me go to Conrad first. I see you beaming. We're going to come back to you, Crystal. I can see the wheels turning. Conrad, give it to me. 1990, circa 1997 through all the way, basically, to 2022. Vince McMahon is the greatest heel. Oh, sweet God. Of all time. Sean, it cannot be denied. When I was a kid, I did not know Vince McMahon owned the company around this time. I did not know that. I didn't know that. You know who told me? My dad one day. He was like, do you know he owns all of this? And I was like, wait, what? I'm like, he's a commentator. What do you mean? He gets disrespected every week by Bobby the Brain Heenan. And then what are you talking about? He was like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Come here. He was like, look at the newspaper. Who owns this? And then he would show me an article. And I'm like, oh, Vince McMahon owns this. Now, when Vince McMahon went out with the Bret Hart, Bret Hart punched him in the face. Remember that? He's sitting there with the black eye trying to get sympathy because this is what Vince McMahon does. Don't, I'll get to, I can do a whole psychoanalysis on the real person, but we'll be here forever right. doing that. <laughs> this dude thought that that was going to get them sympathy. Like, Bret Hart punched me in the face. He probably should have. He probably should have. And when he said that Brett screwed Brett, I think the people turned on him instantly. For sure. Because you knew what you were doing, and you purposely lied to this guy. So he was in the wrong. So people knew that instantly, and they were like, nah, I don't mess with this guy. So they were mad at him. But then who was on the rise that needed a feud. Meanwhile, you can let Sean go and do what Sean's about to do. Sean's going to throw his hissy fit, and he needs the belt, and he's your best performer, technically. He had a right to throw a hissy fit. Who? Ain't you talking about Shawn Michaels? You said he did not? No, I said... Listen, Sean's your best performer. You ask him to go out there week after week after week, and Sean's getting hit in the face with batteries. He ain't feeling none of this either. He's like, man, this sucks. Let me just do my stuff with my friends. Right. He's, he's in another world. We'll get to him in a minute, I assume. Right. But Vince McMahon then feuds with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Who does not hate their boss when he's like, I want you to start wearing a tie, Steve? And this is before he even gets big and then he's going to start wrestling. Wear a tie. Now, 
and then you know he does the stunner you want to see the boss get beat up but think about all the times he went back and did something horrible i'm not even going to bring up the other storylines because he did horrible things to people that other people would never get away with but he's the boss who's going to fire the boss who's going to hold him accountable nobody there was nobody who could stop him when he wanted something done unless you were stone cold you had to come up with clever ways to get it done vince mcmahon is probably one of the greatest heels of all time it's crazy to me and if you ask who's the biggest star of the attitude era some may say austin some may say the rock some might even say triple h but Vince McMahon's name could be mentioned in there, and I wouldn't laugh at it. I wouldn't scoff at it. If you say that, that was one of the most important people. He makes it happen, Sean. You can play that game of who, who's Mr. WrestleMania. Is it Vince or is it Hulk Hogan? It could be both. That's why I said he's on my Mount Rushmore. I started off by saying that I am giving the nod to this storyline as one of the greatest of all time. I give, I give it the nod over the Bloodline storyline as well. That's not what we're disagreeing on. I feel like I'm disagreeing with all three of you, which is great. I'm enjoying this. The thing we're disagreeing about is that you don't think that Vince's character, though awesome and no complimenting Stone Cold Steve Austin very well, began to get a little bit embellished to the point where he's winning Royal Rumbles and world titles. I agree. That was horrible. I that was like what I started with. I think that was ridiculous of him. Like again, like winning World Rumbles and stuff like like that's absolutely ridiculous. But he was my, on my Mount Rushmore of the Attitude Era. He just is. I think Sean, what you're missing is right. 